Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Bros Pod, Bill Roden on Sports. We have a very, very good show coming up for you in a few seconds uh, where uh, Bill, Bill's brother Gerard and I talk the upcoming NFL season and black quarterbacks this year in particular. Uh, I try to rank them and, and get everybody's opinion on that. Uh, but we were quickly sidetracked by all the issues of today, including COVID, uh, Simone Biles, Naomi Osaka and all that. But it was definitely a fun and interesting conversation, so we'll get to that. But first, we have a couple words from our sponsors. Of course, Bet Online. Uh, there's a lot going on in sports, uh, especially coming up with the NFL season, like I just talked about. There'll be a lot of betting to do. So if you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today, whether it's live bets during games or futures. For, for who you think will win the championship, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. So visit the website today and use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to Bet Online and start betting today. Bet Online, your online sports betting experts. Also, so I don't know if you've heard, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. I was reading a press, press release about how he started taking pH-balancing alkaline supplement called Balance 7, and that's what has helped him bounce back from his hospitalization in 2015. He even said, quote, I have an enormous amount of energy, which is good for me. It's important when working out. I always need energy to level up. I couldn't agree more with Lamar. And after watching him fight Aaron Carter in July's celebrity boxing match, I think it's safe to say that Bound 7 is working for him. The cool thing is we've got a promotion running with Bound 7 right now, where if you go to their website, balance7.com, and use the code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout, you'll receive a free four-ounce bottle of My Smooth Skin with a with any purchase of Balance 7 products. The product retails at $13.99, so I'd say it's worth it. Again, head to balance7.com and use the code BELIEVE at checkout to get in on the promotion. I know I will. If it worked for him, it can work for you too. So check that out, and we'll be back in a second with this week's episode of Bros Pod. everybody and welcome to another version of Bill Roden on Sports. I'm here in upstate New York at an undisclosed location and uh, have a very special guest today. But uh, before we get into that, uh, throw it down to you, the great Jamal Murphy. Murph, what's up? What's up, Bill? I'm good. Uh, everything's good here in Brooklyn. Can't complain. We got the NFL season about to kick off. You know, that's every that's America's sport right here. Uh, they will play uh, no matter what happens. Uh, That's right. No, no Delta no variant stop the NFL. So That's right. You know the season will be here soon. Plague, anything. Drought, plague, locusts, <laughs> you know, and I'll be I'll be tuning in right there. <laughs> right, right. From the, from the press box. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah, uh, and of course we have a uh, – a very special guest who's a great football enthusiast. He's a friend of the program. Uh, he's also my brother, uh, my younger brother. We've been reminding each other these last few days while we've been here. Do this. Don't forget no, that. Do this. Do, no, do this. No. Hey, can you do it? You know, typical big brother, little brother relationship. Anyway, about uh, my brother, the great Gerard Jeffrey Roden. Gerard, what's going on? How's it going, Bill? Nice, nice to be here again. Back, back in the States. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Gerard's been on a whirlwind trip. Um, been in California, Las Vegas, mm. and uh, now he's out east on the East Coast. How excited are you, Gerard, for the football season? Oh, uh, really now, you, excited. Now, Gerard lives in Germany, but we'll, 
we'll get to that later. <laughs> now, being a Chicago Bear fan, really excited. Looks like we finally got the real thing with uh, Justin Fields. And as a tutor, you know, uh, Dalton, I think it could be could be a special year if all things, you know, if the football gods are good to us. Yeah, well, Gerard, unlike me, Gerard is a ferocious Chicago Bears fan. We were both obviously born in Chicago and all that, but I became a mercenary like when I was 16, where Gerard has really remained a steadfast Chicago Bears fan. And, and typically, like most Bears fans, they're very excited about Justin Fields. I'll just try to warn you, Joy. Just, you know, just be careful because, you know, all well, the glitters is not gold. And then I don't even know what kind of – but before we get to the Bears, you know, we, we just before we went on air, you know, we've been talking about the black quarterback, the black quarterback, the black quarterback. But, man, we were just going over the list. And you've got now black quarterbacks um, either starting or being potential backups in almost uh, – what do we say? We've got uh, – you know, Cam Newton, uh, we've got uh, the aforementioned Justin Fields in Chicago. Uh, who's a brother? We've got a black quarterback potentially in San Francisco. Um, Trey, where else? Trey Baltimore, Lance. obviously. Well, I did, I did a little uh, – this is my personal uh, rankings, and we can go through them. Uh, okay. Of the black, the black quarterbacks 2021, uh, you know, to start the season. So, number one – we got Patrick Mahomes, uh, Kansas right. City. Yeah, hard, hard to argue. Twenty-five years old. He's a Super Bowl champ and MVP in 2018. Three-time Pro Bowler, and off off the field, uh, part owner of the KC Royals and and the uh, Kansas City MLS team. So he's wow. big things. What do, you, what do you guys? How you guys feel about Mahomes being the number one guy? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. No, I mean Super Bowl champion. What you you know. Twice back, you know, back super two years and two times AFC three championship years. three years back to back. You know, that's right. Yeah. And those yeah. are the only three years he's played. So, right. So he can't debate that. Right. Uh, number two for me, this is, you know, this is where the debate probably starts. I got, I still got Lamar Jackson. Uh, I know he's a little unproven, uh, but he's also unvaccinated. So unvaccinated. Right. <laughs> Twenty-four years old. He was MVP in 2019, but he's also a two-time COVID contractor. Right. Uh, and like That's- you said, he's yet to be. He's yet to get the vaccine as of about a week ago. And I was talking, Bill. We talked about this last week. You kind of questioned his leadership in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I was just thinking it's really time for Lamar to step up. And not just with COVID, but just across the board, because ever since he's been in the and, and I'm, I'm a big supporter of Lamar. I think he's really a good, you know, good person um, and just an exceptional player. But, you know, a lot of people have been handing up Lamar in terms of him being a quarterback and, you know, an orthodox way and all that. And we've been having this question, I mean, this support for him as a quarterback for a long time. But if you look at it, you know, just like uh, Mahomes stepped up when he talked about Black Lives Matter and he did the voting thing, you know, and all that. And Lamar has really been very, very quiet, very neutral, doesn't want to say anything about anything. And not that you don't have to, but a lot of people stuck their neck out for you. So I still agree with your ranking of him as number two, but uh, it, it's it's a... I think he really needs to step up. And I think that the criticism of him could be well-founded. People start calling him out for lack of leadership, uh, particularly on this COVID thing. If he would come out and say publicly, yeah, I'm, I'm vaccinated or whatever, I think a lot of people would, you know, a lot of people would probably either get vaccinated or something. But I, you know, and, and twice, and then he's taking pictures of himself with his, he's got some kind of $185,000 car and, taking pictures of it getting refueled and i mean i I just think that uh i I don't know i just think that he really needs to step up and maybe even grow up what what do you think gerard well i think you have two categories you know him on the field and even though he's not hasn't won a playoff game but what he's accomplished in a couple of years he's won one okay what what he's accomplished yeah right on on the playing field is is is, uh, pretty unparalleled i think you have to put in the second in the second uh position but yeah, as a leader, 
and here there are also two two points. You're talking about him talk, stepping up. I've been vaccinated, but if his position is I'm not going to get the vaccine, I mean that's his position. So uh, you can talk about that. That's, that's not what I th- I think. I think you know people should be vaccinated, but that's his, his position. We can't uh, expect him to to say, well, I think we can. Everybody else should be vaccinated. You know, he is his position. I don't think it's right, but but that's the deal. Yeah, and he's kind of, he's kind of been wishy washy. He was he was a little wishy washy with it. He said, uh, you know, he wants to learn more about the vaccine, uh, you know, that type of thing. He wants to, you know, he wants to. Maybe he could take him to the emergency ward at Johns Hopkins or something. Yeah. Learn all about it there. Right. I think he doesn't want to be uh, he doesn't want to be controversial, and that's what you're talking. Be a leader. You know, you're either on one side or the other or the other. And if you had COVID twice and you're not vaccinated, that kind of puts you on the side of the people who aren't. And, you know, you need to, you know, just uh, to you need to call, call the shot and say, OK, this is what I believe. And he's not doing that. Let me yeah. ask you this, Gerard. Now, for many of you who listened to our program for the last five years, you remember we had Gerard on the show a few years ago. And Gerard is an opera singer. He's in Germany, based in Ulm, Germany. Uh, and um, what, what's been your, your policy in the theater uh, Gerard, in terms of vaccination, uh, you guys have gone through a few different incarnations, right? Well, we've had some very heated, uh, heated discussions about this. It started in March. We had a production, uh, a famous uh, opera singer, Angela Dinoke, who had she started her career in Ulm, and actually we were colleagues together back then. She's doing her first uh, stage direction with a piece called Katja Kabanova. And we were saying, how are we going to rehearse this back in March when the numbers in Ulm are very high? And what our solution was, first of all, she did a stage direction where we have distance. So we're comfortable about the distance. Secondly, they had a doctor there at nine o'clock every morning and everybody who had a rehearsal that day got tested by him. You know, they stick the thing up your nose and pull it out of your ear. Uh, we did that so much. I think after about the seventh day, he said, Gerard, you want to do the other no- the other side <laughs> today? So we had a good feeling about that. During the rehearsal, we had our distance. When you were waiting for your test uh, results, you didn't have contact with anybody. And that was cool. Because if you're getting tested every day, we had right. a good feeling about that. You know, and, and Angela was very clear about that. At that time, we didn't have these vaccinations. Her husband wasn't vaccinated, obviously, and was elderly. So um, we were very careful. I had a good feeling about that. Then we had another, and the, the piece, by the way, isn't going to be premiered until the fall. So the persons are over. We had another piece that was uh, with chorus, extra chorus, soloist. It was going to be performed outside, but during the rehearsals, there were some questions about it. We had a room that was supposed to only be used by 20 people, and we had 50 people in there. Now, we all had the self-test. We had to write ourselves in every day, but it's a self-test. There are some false positives, and you have to, you know, for football, you're close to each other on the sideline, but it's an opera, or operetta in this case, and we we, were dancing together, breathing, singing in each other's faces, so we said, okay, for this rehearsal period, we're going to wear a mask, and I want everybody who's listening to this, I want you to walk up and down the stairs three or four times singing with a mask on and you get an idea how, how fun that was. But we didn't have any cases of COVID. The audience that came in, it was reduced audience. Instead of 1,800 people, we had 900 people outdoors. Everybody had to be either vaccinated or had to have a, a certificate of a negative test from that day. So we didn't have any cases uh, of, of COVID from this production. But we went through a lot of trouble and a lot of expense to make that happen. Mm. Wow. And just how did you feel going from Germany, uh, you know, Germany to California than here? I mean, were you comfortable with that? I mean, no, how, I was, how was that? I was, I was scared to death. And actually, to tell the truth, uh, the reason that the first leg on the trip was Las Vegas, and I probably would not have made this trip uh, we're not for, for two things. First of all, you know, our stepmom, who's 96, I hadn't seen her for two years, and you can't just keep pushing that off. Uh, the second thing is your daughter, my niece, is getting married, and because of rehearsal and a performance conflict, I can't be at the wedding. And those are, those are two points that were important for me. Most of all, you know, the 96-year-old mom, who I may not be able to say, oh, I'll see you in, 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 in two weeks, but on uh, two years. But I was scared to death. Las Vegas, the number is going up. There's this uh, Delta variation, and it started with being in Germany, coming over, 
I didn't read the fine print. And as I was checking in, they said, you have to have a test to get on this plane, a, a test certificate. And so I had to go around the corner, pay 50 euros for a test and, and got on the plane, knowing that everybody on that plane was either tested or not, was uh, either vaccinated and tested or tested. So that gave me a good feeling. I didn't know what Las Vegas was going to be like. Now, I was imagining everybody running around without masks, you know, sneezing at each other's faces. That wasn't the case. There weren't as many people in Las Vegas, what I'm used to. I've uh, been going there every year for like 20, 26 years. Uh, the, in the hotel, the people were basically with distance. Uh, I only saw about three people uh, in an elevator without a mask. I didn't get in. Um, <laughs> I said, I think, I'll, oh, no, you can come in. There. No, there's not enough room. <laughs> Uh, just you know, two or three people going through the hotel uh, lobby without a mask and the people on the street as if there weren't as many people and a lot of distancing. And I felt a great, great awareness, which which made me feel good. My next stop was visiting a friend of mine whose roommate is H-E, uh, HIV positive and visiting uh, two nieces of mine, twins that are like a year and a half old. So I did a self-test before I went to them. And um, so that's why I felt very good. All of the people, all of the other people I've been around have been vaccinated. I uh, visited some friends in uh, Cloverdale, California. There's a senior group. Everybody in the group is vaccinated. And so my, my emotions have been kind of kind of controlled until getting to Warwick, where there's kind of a mixed bag. Uh, the masks aren't always required indoors. Um, I wear it not just for me, but uh, so people don't have to wonder if I've been vaccinated or not. But I feel good. I feel good that we've been safe, you know, in our dealing. So that's 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 my take on it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jamal, what's been your um, uh, you, you, you've got two young children. Right. Uh, you know, and, and everybody's talking about the mask mandate. Where do you stand? I mean, where what's your you or your wife's philosophy about the mask mandate? I mean, about whether to have one or not. Oh yeah, we. I mean, we we follow it uh, pretty religiously. At least my wife follows it even more religiously than I do. We're we're all vaccinated. I have been a a couple times indoors uh, without a mask in terms of like a store where I didn't have it on me. You know, foolishly, I've sat in inside restaurants a couple times. Uh, so I've probably taken a couple of chances. Um, but, you know, I'm, I kind of feel like, you know, I'm back. I'm vaccinated. So, you know, while I wear a mask, most of the times when I'm indoors, I do feel like being vaccinated should kind of afford you to to take a chance here or there where, where you would not if you were not vaccinated. Um, what I worry where I worry about the most, of course, is, are the kids. I have two kids under 12 um, who are, who cannot get vaccinated yet. So that's why, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of waiting on that. I'm kind of waiting on. Uh, for them to be able to get vaccinated, and then I'll feel a lot more comfortable. What the variant has shown is that it, you know it's it's more transmissible. Even if you are uh, vaccinated, you can still get it. Even though when you are when you are vaccinated, there's a much lesser chance that you can get it, and also a lesser chance that you can pass it on. But there's still that chance you can. So I'm still I'm still worried about that. The most worrisome thing is this you know America and how you know you got 50 percent of it seems like you got 40, 50 percent people who just d refuse to be either believe right. it or refuse to follow the, the guidelines. So when when you're around those type of people, you, you get worried because they they refuse to wear masks and all that kind of stuff. And even, you know, I was in Martha's Vineyard. You, you would consider that like a liberal bastion, maybe. But it, but when we were in, inside places, even, you know, there, most people did not have a mask on kids yeah. or parents. So. Um, you know, it's a dicey, it's a dicey situation. And I wanted to talk about the athletes too, because I've, I've run into a lot of people, even, you know, I have some anti-vax friends of mine even, who, who will say, oh, you know, I take care of myself. Uh, you know, I, I watch what I put in my body. I'm going to build up my own immune system and all this kind of stuff. We go back to Lamar Jackson. I'm, you know, he might feel that that kind of way where, you know, I'm I'm in great shape. It won't affect me like it would affect other people. Uh, <laughs> and to. First of all, that point has been that point alone has been disputed. I mean, you have like a Jason Tatum and other athletes who have they're in great shape too and they've had serious complications due to covid whereas like a jason tatum still uses an inhaler 
um, ever since he got COVID. So there's an issue there. But even if, even if that's the case, even if, um, you know, I, I give you the benefit of the doubt that, okay, you're, you're the type of person who takes care of your body and all that, maybe, and you, you still mask up and all this kind of stuff, it, send, it still sends the wrong message uh, to others. Like if you're, if you're Lamar Jackson um, and you refuse to take it, what message are you sending to people who are, you know, live, live in the hood or something who, who only have McDonald's and liquor stores around them? You know, they, they can't, they're not, they're not, they can't uh, boost their own immunity. You know, it's not so easy. You know, it's the, that's the, that's kind of the hard way to go about it. If, if you even can. So, right. you know, Layla Ali came out a couple of days ago and made, and had some huge, you know, big statement about how, you know, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't, First of all, she said she doesn't like wearing masks and all that, but she said, you know, I can boost my own immunity, stop caring about me, blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, every person for themselves. And while yeah. maybe she, she's the type of person who may be in great shape or whatever, but, but, it's, but you're promoting the wrong message, in my opinion. What did she say? Did she say, did, what did she, did she say she's getting yeah, she, the vaccine? She, yeah, she wouldn't, get, she wouldn't get the vaccine. Mm -hmm. that she could, you know, people need to boost their own, you know, it's about health and, you know, you need to concentrate on your health and boost your own immunity. And even if... For, like I said, people people will dispute that. Like the, people will say, you cannot boost your own immunity. That that's not that's not something you can really do. Um, but even if you if you claim to be in great shape or whatever, not that's the hard way to do it. So sending that message is counterproductive. I think you know I'm I'm somebody after the the, the AIDS situation we had. I was in San Francisco when AIDS began, and then since that time been very careful, uh, careful about taking antibiotics and stuff like that. I've never had a flu shot. And the reason I haven't had one is because the flu has not affected me as much as people around me. And I've had been surrounded by people who are really knocked out for two and three weeks, one of my bosses, for almost four weeks. And maybe I had one or two days uh, every, every now and then. So I said, I don't need a flu shot. This is a little bit something different. Uh, that was my impression. In the very beginning, I was also very skeptic. Said, "Hey, you know, why, why the big deal about this?" And I had people who, in my indirect um, uh, area, who got uh, got very sick. Uh, people talking about losing two people in their families. One of my colleagues, who was uh, not a young woman, but she's also very fit and watches what she eats. She had COVID, and she doesn't have a sense of smell or a sense of taste since then. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean that's not 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 fun. Uh, so. I wanted to get it. I work with a lot of young people. I have a lot of context in our business and breathing on people like that. Uh, I just thought it a necessity and, and feel better. My husband, uh, also the same thing, has also been vaccinated. And we're trying to be, uh, be careful. The only thing I said is a uh, senior group, uh, group of seniors, I mean, they're my age, uh, on Cloverdale, everybody was vaccinated. We had a party indoors in a large room. There was a little bit more relaxed, but as we said, every person in the room, they all know each other, and there were no strangers, nobody serving food. We were we were alone there. But the, the second we were in other other situations, everybody put their mask on and had a discussion: Are we shaking hands? Are are we not? Um, you know, I can't. I, I think it's just enough to say, "Well, I'll take care of myself and everybody else." You know, you do your thing. It's it's a it has to be a kind of a community decision. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been getting flu shots probably for the past three years. After going years without getting flu shots, I decided to get a flu shot. In fact, my last physical in July, I actually had a, I got a shingle shot. This is almost a perfect example of chaos. Right. When you've got, if you, you just heard Gerard, you've heard uh, Jamal, everybody comes up with their own version of, well, they say that so and so and so and so, and I'm double vaccinated. So and so and so, what? No, but I, Layla Lee said, yeah, but you. So you got everybody's got their own philosophy, and even the government is now saying, well, now I think we're going to have to have that third shot, you know, because I think we're finding that that the two shots you got are now kind of wearing off, you know. So now you're going to have to get this third shot. So to me, this is a perfect example of chaos when you know you got everybody basically coming up with their own versions and, and everybody feeling very strongly about their own versions of reality. And nobody, and I'm talking about people most, are not doctors. Well, <laughs> but isn't the problem, if you're talking about a new situation, you know, the thing about the third booster shot, you know, data is still out there. I mean, how many, how long has anybody been vaccinated to be able to say how many, how many months uh, that that's affected? And, and I think Fauci was saying in the very beginning, we have to be careful about this thing, you know, two shots are good, 
three are great, four is even better. And that's, that's not where we want to be without having the data to, uh, to support that. And maybe they're being more conservative, saying people who are um, in Germany, they talk about people being over 80, not over 65, over 80, or people with pre-existing conditions will be more vulnerable because their immune system reacts differently anyhow. Right. And you know, that's something I think that that's a constant. But what you're talking about um, being in a room with vaccinated people, they did talk about that situation where you know everybody's vaccinated. You can be more relaxed than going into a restaurant where you don't know everybody and you don't know if everybody is, is, is vaccinated in you know, these closed rooms. Um, but obviously, if you're going into a store with a, you know, a 25-foot ceiling and there are four people in, in there, yeah, it's probably going to be less of a risk uh, not wearing a mask. It's just that I don't want to have to calculate all that all right. the time. So when I get in these situations, I've got my mask on. We've been lucky enough when you're eating to be able to go outside uh, and, and eat. You know, that, that's I don't see it as quite as much chaos, but it, it's, it's a live situation. We don't have five years of experience with this uh, particular virus to look back on. But now, it kind of gets back to NFL, and even if you turn on the TV, <laughs> you know, we've had all these conversations about you're going to a room with 25, then you turn on the TV, 80,000 people at Rich Stadium, unmasked. Uh, you know, every step, you know, and to me, that sends the wrong message that, you know, everything's back to normal. You turn on Sunday, even the exhibition game, you see people all on top of each other, cheering and yelling and giving mm -hmm. each other a five and hugging and all that. And you look at this, and it kind of makes it, what, what are we talking about here? Because, <laughs> you know, either we're overreacting or they're underreacting. You know, but and I think it all gets boils down. And Gerard, you two in the performing arts, people need people in the seats. The mm -hmm. NFL is saying we need people in the seats. We need people at, at at the vendors. We need people buying hot dogs and buying beer. And basically, they're kind of saying, you know, what? you're on your own. <laughs> you know, no, but we, we just show, I, 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 yeah, we're different. Show must we really, go on. But we tested everybody. Not to me. We didn't uh, uh, in the house. Uh, in, in the theater, in store, indoors, we could have 852 people there, and they only had 100 in that large in that large room. The problem isn't in the room; is wanted to go to the bathroom, but that was the, the what was allowed. Outside, all of those people had a test certificate on that day, and there Which wasn't they, any. How many of those are forged? They they can't be. They're 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 computer they're computer things. Of course, they, you can't do it yourself. Are. They had Everybody testing for it. I, I, I had dinner with a friend of mine. Now, this is in the United States who covers the NFL and all that kind of stuff. She said a few coaches told her that if she need, I shouldn't say her, a few coaches, if you need a fake vaccination card, we can get you a fake vaccination card. Right. And I've heard that, I've heard that in the, I have, I had a friend of mine tell me he had a fake vaccination card. One of them is anti-vaxxer. The NFL is, is interesting because they are, they're doing a good job it seems like they're doing a good job uh, trying to get their players vaccinated. So each team, right. um, you know, is trying to get their players uh, fully vaccinated. Uh, a lot of them are in the 70, 80% race. So I, heard, I saw the, I saw today, I, I think I saw a headline that said the Atlanta Hawks had two unvaccinated players left on their team and they cut them. And now <laughs> that now they are hundred percent vaccinated. Right. Uh, so they're doing a good job within their team. But not all stadiums are going to care about the fans. They just want to well, so, the so they vaccinate the team so they can keep making that money. They don't have to forfeit games. But when it comes to the fans, it's a different story. And it's going to depend mm -hmm. on what state you're in and what governor you have and all that. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think talk, what you're talking about, Bill, confusion. Uh, there does need to be some regularity because it can't be that the, fan, the fans going to a game in you know in Florida and the Gator Bowl have a different rule than going in, in, in Chicago. But I and guess they will. Thought, yeah, they 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 will. That, 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 that's America. Uh but having this, you know, the people being tested, yeah, you are gonna have some cheaters. You are gonna have some people who get through. But if I have 900 people who are at least attempting to show that they're tested or vaccinated, at least I'm reducing it. But if everybody just comes in, right. Uh and, and I don't think it costs any more time or money to have pe check people's test results than it does to look at their backpack to make sure they don't, you know, they're not terrorists. Well, yeah, somebody but, said, uh, I forget which team uh, has become the first team. I think maybe New Orleans, other thing. They're going to require fans to show proof of yeah. vaccination to come in. And remember, remember, we all, I think, remember a time when you could go to the games, but then after 9-11, 
you know, when right. you go to a game now, you know, airports, same thing. Remember, we were all of the age when you could just go to the gate. Now right. with the airport games, you've now got to have your backpack inspected. You got to take have your shoes off. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I mean, to your point, I was kind of being extreme about fake vaccination, but probably I would think that most people aren't going to go through the trouble right. of getting fake vaccination cards. Some will, um, you know, but it, again, I, I don't know if we had the same outcry. Let's go back pre, pre-COVID about the flu. You either got the flu shot or you didn't. Right. Um, and remember, some of us would be, you know, you, you, we'd, have, we'd always have that colleague who you have to tell to go home. Don't right. come in. You know, you always have one hero. And you send them home that do not come to work like that. Now, maybe Zoom, the advent of Zoom has made it easier to not right. go into work if, you, if you're feeling ill or whatever. So um, that's got to be a positive. I mean, I know I mean, in America, you know, I'm in Germany. We got six weeks of vacation. Well, uh, you're if you're sick, you're you call right you, Yeah, I mean, you know, we got insurance. If you're sick, you're sick. But still, as a performer, you know, I used to always want to come in no matter what. And one time that happened to me. Uh, went into performance. I had a kind of a, of, a, of a light flu that knocked me out for a couple of days. So I said, you know, but tomorrow's my birthday. And if I, if I stay home today, everyone's going to say, uh-huh, he just took this day off. And one of my colleagues was sick for two weeks after that. And I said, uh-huh. that's never going to happen again. <laughs> you know, right. yeah, who, right. who am I, who am I helping? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, which kind of gets to that. What you mentioned, uh, it kind of gets into this whole thing about in athletics in particular, playing when you're hurt. And even at work, being the hero. And I'm wondering, right. you know, you've seen Naomi Osaka, who left a press conference the other day when somebody was, one reporter kind of aggressively was saying, well, you know, you say that, you know, you don't want to face media, but you've got all these uh, endorsements or whatever. And she got up and left. Right. So, right. but but she and Simone Biles, have, I don't know what you guys think, have questioned this whole, or do you think they have successfully brought into question this whole idea of hero ball? playing when sick, uh, fighting through. I mean, Simone Biles said, I ain't fighting through anything. Right. <laughs> you know, I just, if it, what, what do you guys think about that? Because we all of, of age went, the whole thing of playing went hurt. I mean, Gerard, in, in the theater, you just kind of mentioned it, the show must go on. Do you think that our attitude in the next year is going to change about that, where we're going to be more vulnerable, whether you're an athlete, performer, you're going to say, listen, you know, the show must go on, but maybe we'll do it by Zoom. Or so. Do you well, think that attitude would change? I made, man. I made some uh, was some mistakes with some things. I, you know, I got away with. I went on stage one time with an infusion needle in my arm because I had a very serious uh, uh, circulation problem. Was in the hospital. Snuck out to do a dress rehearsal. Snuck back in. You know, and and uh, that's the stuff. Yeah, does that really have to happen all the time? It wasn't really dangerous for me, not for my colleagues. But that's what you're talking about. How much of the sacrifice is, is, is your own ego and how much of it is really helping the cause? How much of it you're afraid to call in sick because somebody else is going to take your job, you know? And maybe uh, Corona and COVID has taught us a little about, about that me- uh, mentality, how belastbar uh, is the German word, how, how much stress can we take and right. how much stress is necessary? And I think that's, that's the question that's coming, uh, that's coming on right now. A lot of people who have been working at home have a different stress situation. They're saying, you know, this isn't a bad way to live. Uh oh, I'm going inside. It's starting to rain. <laughs> but uh, oh my God, it's really rainy. <laughs> but wait, but see, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay outside to show you. I'm gonna gut it out. Right, right exactly. <laughs> well, I was, um, I, I was watching. Uh, I was watching first take. This morning, I'm not the one to toot my own horn, but I need to start. I, I need to start doing that because they started talking about <laughs> Naomi Osaka, and they they mentioned Kyrie Irving and started putting that putting that together. Like, you know, does that, is that going to change the way we look at Kyrie Irving? And we've been talking about this for that subject for about three or four weeks, Bill. Right? We we've been talking about the whole the mental aspect of the game and, and Simone Biles and uh, Naomi Osaka taking a stand. And will that, would that filter down to male athletes uh, in different sports? Uh, would we start feeling, would we show some compassion to like a Kevin Durant who has just as much pressure as anybody, but, you know, and, 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 and shows up and plays compared to uh, 
you know, Naomi Osaka who pulled out and she got and she got a lot of support for doing that. And the same thing with Biles. I did talk to there's an interesting thing. The difference, though, I did talk to a professional basketball player um, on the on our up next podcast. Check that out wherever you get your podcasts. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, Sylvan Landisberg, he, he was a player from New York City, played at UVA, played. He's won some EuroLeague championships with Maccabi Tel Aviv. But I asked him about the Biles situation. And he said, he said, you know, he didn't feel like he felt like it was a lot different uh, in Biles' case because he, the pressure of just of, of practicing all that time for one event is something that he couldn't relate to as a basketball player. He was like, right. yes, yes, basketball is a lot of pressure, but we play game after game after game. Like, like I, may, I, may, I may practice all summer for the season, but the season, you know, I could mess up the first game and, and still be okay the second game and the third game. So it's a different type of pressure, and I never thought about it like that when comparing, you know, an NBA player to Simone Biles. Or a, a, a tennis player. They're talking yeah. about the, the difference with the pressure when you have a team. You know, you might miss that that shot with seven seconds left, and then somebody gets a rebound and puts it in. Right. You know, or right. steals the ball back, and you get another chance. And if you're Simone Biles or or Serena Williams uh, or Roger Federer, you know, there is nobody who's gonna who has your back. So I think right. the, the players who alone uh, have have a different a different kind of pressure. I'm not going to say if you're a quarterback and you miss that last throw, you know, mm -hmm. by three inches. That's you know it'll stay with you for the rest of your life, even though it's a team sport because the pressure of the team is on you. But yeah, the question is not if it's going to trickle down to male athletes. The question is is if this is going to trickle down to the boardroom, uh, if we're going to have uh, people in the normal working face, uh, working place, looking differently at, at success and failure and that pressure that that uh, that goes with it. We still want to excel, but at what cost? And I think that that's a bigger question. Sport, we were talking about this, Bill. Sports as a microcosm for the, the society. Right. You know. Let me ask you. Let me ask you guys this though. Um, do you think that it, we're talking about gender too? Would 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 if 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 a male athlete would have done what um, what uh, Biles did? Do you think that we would have given them as much a pass? Cause she got a pretty much pass because she violated every aspect of, of the cornerstone of sports, which is playing hurt, pushing through and all that kind of stuff. Do you think if that would have been a, like a Roger Federer or Nadal uh, or, um, you know, even Tom Brady, anybody who had just said, listen, I can't play because there's too much pressure. I'm, I just can't do this. No, but I think the fact that Biles and, and uh, Osaka did, you know, you know, have brought this to the table. I think in the future it, it it could be different. I think I think you know the fact that you got people talk, you know, putting Kyrie Irving in that same box. Remember, Kyrie Irving disappeared. Uh, you know, there were a few games this season where he he didn't show up or didn't play. Said you know took personal days, and everybody kind of clowned him for it. Um, I think now that that you've you know, you've you've said that you understand where Osaka and Biles are coming from. I think it does. It will change it just a little bit, at least for the for the men as well. And the, and like Gerard said, the bigger issue is probably, you know, does it filter down to all of us? You know, are right. we all are, the, are are all of our mental, uh, you know, are, are we all going to have mental health days that that we should have anyway? Does it because because of the focus on these athletes and the pressure? And and we talked about it last last uh, podcast. You know, all of us have pressures in our daily life that we that we need to handle. Oh, and we do actually in the theater. I mean, I do not like everything about the German theater system, uh, but there are kind of mental health days. There are people, you know, who call in sick. They're not sick. That's because they, they need it for for their head, and uh, that that that's okay. It's kind of expected for you to know where your your borderlines are. Uh, talking about male sports, what about Dennis Rodman? Way back right. in you know, let's talk about Chicago again. You know, they gave him some mental days to to go party and and not be with, <laughs> be with the team. That's a real famous, obvious case. Right. Michael Jordan was talking about that. You know, in the the Bulls special. So there have been cases of that. I think when when um, uh, uh, Nadal, there was a period after he'd been injured and he wasn't winning, and people, oh, he's never going to win again. And it was obvious this was a mental crisis as well, and he talked about that. You know, so I think this has been kind of a, of a theme. And even if you're playing and you're not winning, uh, people understand, okay, this, this is the mental thing that's going on right now. Soldiers, 
even bigger issue. You know, we're right. starting to take care of our soldiers. That didn't used to be a thing. People who came back from Vietnam, they, you know, they just, that was their problem. So I think mental health in a society, it, it's probably going to be the athletes who are going to put the spotlight on it where we realize, oh, that's me too. You know, oh, that's, that's my son too, or that's my husband too. And I think that it will start a, a dialogue at some point. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and I think that we, we turn these phrases to set where we become um, uh, anesthetized to, like that mental health. But what does that really mean? And what it really means is like we're all, like you said, Jamal, it's like life. How do we all deal with life, with the precariousness of life, finding meaning in your life, uh, finding purpose? Mm-hmm. Find, you know, and it doesn't have anything to do with uh, you're a football player or whatever, somebody in theater or the arts or writing or whatever. As, that's a big culture that all human beings have in common. How do we continue day to day, hour to hour, find meaning and purpose in our life? And I, I, you're right. It, maybe if if anything comes out of this, uh, Osaka Biles or whatever, you know, then the, the other flip side, somebody was saying, well, you know, if you're an athlete or an entertainer and you get all these endorsements, can you have it both ways? I mean, you're getting all these endorsements, you know, like with Biles, you know, getting these leotards with the goat on it and, you know, this and doing all that stuff. Well, you're kind of creating, you're, you're benefiting from it and you're doing this. And I'm not saying you can't be super, you know, but, you know, okay, Gerard, you feel you have a guy like Pavarotti or whomever, you know, and you get all this stuff, all these endorsements, all this stuff, and you go after it. You know, you go after it. Is yeah, there, but, you know, can I, you I, have I, it both ways? But what do these people, I mean, you know that you're an athlete. What do we have to sacrifice to do what, what we do? I mean, obviously, in my where I am, we do not earn those million-dollar salaries, but the response, the responsibility is still the same to, to train. I, I wanted to talk about, uh, you said, the quality of life. Now, what about getting older? And what about what, getting old, what sport has helped us to deal with getting older? Because suddenly you have a, the Serena Williams and Venus Williams's and, and the Federer's, you know, over 40, uh, a lot of people who are performing at a very high, uh, very high age, what used to be really not even heard of. And what is that giving our, 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 our other young people a message for, wow, my life isn't going to stop at 40, at 45. So people have another view about having a family now. I, I can do both because life is longer. And I think sports has really, really helped us with this dialogue talking about the quality of life. How do I age? What is my life after 50 going to be like? And when you see these people compete at Tom Brady at 44, doing what he's doing and enjoying it, okay, there, there is life around the corner. So I think the thing about mental health, quality of life, what is my life about? What am I here on this planet? What can I achieve uh, with my partner, with my family, and in my career? Yeah, I, I think having it both ways means that the athlete has responsibility not only to perform, but also to be a human being. Yeah. Just the other day in the park, uh, there was a now, of course, I blanked on his name. Uh, the Sun Ra Orchestra was performing in mm. uh, Harlem. And, uh, uh, oh, man, now, of course, I forget his name. But he's 90, he's, uh, he's 93 years old, and he was performing. I'll, I'll think of his name before we uh, finish. But, again, it kind of gets back to your point, Gerard. This performance, uh, man, I wish I could think of his name, but he's, he's been a member of the, the orchestra for like ever. He's now 93 years old and he was performing, you know. And again, I, I think that maybe because uh, either our culture is a youth culture, maybe globally we tend to deal with like the here and now, but, you know, you probably have people who are couples, 70s, 80s, still having sex. I mean, you know, still enjoying. <laughs> We've heard about it. <laughs> it, it, it yeah. <laughs> how, how old are the people you're <laughs> But I yeah, think yeah. Go, going back to the Osaka thing and, have, and having it both ways. No, I want to talk about the old people having sex. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. But, but for me, going back, going back to Osaka. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and her and her having it both ways. To me, when when the reporter asked her that, you know, you you know, oh, you know, you don't you don't like us, but then how does that affect your endorsements when you want to you you when you want to reach, uh, you know, when you want want publicity or whatever? I thought that was a a bogus question, also because first of all, she she said to him, no, it's not that I don't 
you know, I don't like you guys. It's just, it's more so the timing, like I that, hate I'm, that I'm forced, you know, I'm forced to do these interviews at, at, you know, at certain times or right after a game when I lose or, or something like that. And, and I think, I think she's right in that. I mean, they should have some say in terms of when uh, they do interviews and that, and that type of thing. Right. It goes back to even, you know, $40 million slaves, like because she plays this sport and you pay her, she's a slave to do whatever, whatever you want to do, whether no matter how it affects her. Like, no. Well, yeah. And that, that's the agreement, right? That's 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 the Faustian pact in sports. We pay you, you know, with football, basketball, but we basically you're leasing your body to us. You're leasing your body and and, my, and, mine. and your mind. Right. right. That's kind of you're leasing your body and your mind. So anything goes. Uh, we. Uh, you know, Jamal, you've been in the locker room. You know, 10 minutes after, we're in these locker rooms, guys getting undressed. I mean, it's right. like very uh, uncivilized. Right. You know, and and you're right. 10 minutes after a big game, you know, let you out the day. The pitcher who gives up the game-winning home run. Right. You know, they, they bring you there. And you're like grills. And, then they, you know, well, what happened, Jamal? Uh, you know. Would it be the wow. worst thing in the world to hear from him the next day? Or you know what I'm saying? Could he, can he sleep on it? Like what? Like what? What are we doing here? Like what? We it's a, and, the, and the athletes know. I mean, we we know why we do it because we want to put him on the spot and right. we want the best type of reaction we can get, and we don't mind embarrassing athletes. And the athletes right. know that too. So of course they're defensive. Um, right. They know that but, you're trying to embarrass them. Right. But isn't is it a matter of embarrassing? Or every all of us have had these situations that were were awful. And I think when, you know, talk about uh, Tom Brady losing those Super Bowls to the Giants and everybody wanted to see that interview because we've been in that. There's something that goes really, really wrong. And, and you want to suffer with this person. You know, I like sometimes what the, the, the losing sideline to see their faces, you know, after the Bears, after the ping yeah, pong you parky were, thing. Right. You know, that's your part of the problem. Like, yeah, let's see. Let's see Brady after the two minutes. But like, let, let's say that you're performing, right? And you come off stage and there's no, you know, after about 10 minutes, there's no, you face the press, you know, like about 15 minutes after you come off stage. Well, Gerard, um, you know, in that third line there, uh, what'd you think about, I mean, we put these people and, and Jamal and I do, I mean, we gleefully do it, you know, you know, like the, the locker room was packed after the guy gave up the game winning touchdown, right. <laughs> you know, well, because everybody's a tragic figure. And it's, you know, it's like in Netflix, everybody identifies with this tragic figure. I don't think it's to, to, to make fun of them. Everybody, well, see, you, you know, we, we the, I think that these, these invincible people have made a mistake and they're standing there and everybody feels, you know, everybody feels that, that they're human. I think people love, love those ben, moments. Okay, Jamar, what about, uh, Jamal, what about your guy, Ben Simmons, right? Right. Ben Simmons. Nobody, they ain't there for sympathy for Ben Simmons. They're killing Ben Simmons. How come you didn't dunk? You had a dunk. You had a clear <laughs> dunk. How come you didn't dunk? You know, and, and how are you afraid? What's your mental health? I mean, right, ridiculous right. shit, And I get, I get what you're saying. You're being compassionate. You're giving people, I think you're giving fans the benefit of the doubt that they probably don't deserve. You know, that we just want to, we just want to, you know, we want to uh, heal. You know, we want to, we're compassionate. No. <laughs> and there, and there, are, there, yeah, there are a certain number of fans like that, but that's the minority, I think. And I think, <laughs> and especially in modern times, it just gets worse and worse with, with, right. with social media. Social I mean, you media. have people on social media. I mean, that's all they want to do is just down people. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They look, right. they look for every little thing to bring to bring people down. And, I, and the athletes, I think now... They feel that and know that. So every question you ask that's that's negative, they're looking at it like, right. why is he is he asking me that because he really wants to know, or is he asking me that to try to embarrass me and try and and want me to lose my cool? What's what's the phrase, Jamar? The German phrase, Schadenfreude. Oh, what is it? Schadenfreude. Well, you're, you're, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, you're, you're happy because have that. That's be used in English too. You're happy because somebody else is suffering. Well, yeah, that's part of it. I mean, I'll admit it. I mean, I I think Brady is great, but when they lost to the Giants, that was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, being a Bear fan and a Cub fan and seeing this undefeated team, you know, lose with a catch on half of the helmet, said, right. yes, this, there is order in the universe. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. That's part of being a sport fan. I mean, trust me, the Bears, the Bears are playing the Packers, right? 
and it's fourth or something. And you want you want Aaron Rodgers to either get splattered all over the field, <laughs> or you want him to throw the pick six, right? Right, right, right. You, I mean, that's what you want. You you don't give a damn about Aaron Rodgers' mental health, <laughs> yeah, or. Or with your boy Ping, Ping Pong Parky, right? When he kicked the field goal, how did you feel about that? Did you feel lovingly <laughs> about that? No. <laughs> you wanted to run his ass out oh, of no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't. I did not light a candle from that. You know, <laughs> for his eternal soul. Yeah. Let's go quickly through black back to the quarterback somehow. If I can, I'll try to figure out a way. To, I'll try to figure out a way to segue. Uh, Just got to get Bogart our way back. <laughs> but uh, quickly through the, through the through these list of quarterbacks. Third, we'll go back to these black quarterbacks. The uh, the NFL Black QB preview, at which we remember we talked about. Um, we've always talked about how long how long we're going to talk about the black uh, quarterback. Um, because is it, are we, do we have enough of them to where it's not going to be an issue? And then when we look through it and there's only seven or eight really starting quarterbacks out of 32, maybe, you know, it's still kind of an issue, but anyway, yeah. number three, I had, uh, Russell Wilson, number three. Yeah. He's still, yeah. He's, still, he's still there in Seattle, 32 years old, Super Bowl champ, eight time pro bowler. Uh, I might put him, I might put him, I might put him above Lamar. Yeah. That, I, I can't, vaccinated. Yeah. I could see that. Just because the many years and because the fact he's been that vaccinated. It, yeah, right. No, as, as much as he's been hit and knocked around, and there were times when every announcer said that, you know, he, he kept Seattle from really going under. You know, it's like he willed them, you know, to, to, to stay afloat. And that's, you know, that's what you want, you know. So he, yeah. also, he also has that HBCU connection. His grandfather uh, was president of Norfolk State for over 20 yeah. years. Oh, wow. And was one of Jackson State's Jackson best State. basketball coaches, right? Ever? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he coached at Jackson State. So that might bump him up. That might bump him up above Lamar. So who's, who's four? I got Kyler four. Kyler Murray, uh, Arizona, twenty four years old, uh, offensive rookie of the year, twenty nineteen, uh, twenty twenty Pro Bowl. But coming off above of Dak, above Dak, Dak. I had next. I had Dak Prescott. Yeah, what about Dak? Dak coming off coming off an ankle injury. Uh, he's twenty eight, two time Pro Bowler. Uh, you know, hundred six TDs to forty interception is in his career uh, and he's also improving on his uh his social justice uh takes <laughs> right okay he's, beca he's become well, more he's, he's, he's coming he's, around he's coming around a little bit so you know i think you know he could probably he's probably above i would put him above kyler murray but i'm just worried about you know the injuries right well but you know that's what you're talking about the future what might be but i think he's been very consistent i remember watching his his first uh, uh game when, when tony romo telling you bill when Tony Romo got, got hit, I was sitting next to my mom watching that game, 125-degree bedroom because she doesn't like her air conditioning in Las Vegas. And, you know, Tony Romo gets hit, and this guy comes in. It was like, wow, right? you know, from, from the very beginning. And he's pretty much pretty much been that, you know. Right. And he, he's, yeah, he's, he's been underrated. He's been underrated. Yeah. Yeah, I would put, well, it, I would put him over Murray just because he's the test of time. Right. Right. Dallas has been very disappointing in several years, but I don't think it's a pinned on him. I think if Dallas had had more success, then he would have a higher higher rating, you know. Right. Number six, uh, Jalen Hurts, Philadelphia, 20, uh, 23 years mm -hmm. old, coming off a solid rookie season. Yeah. And, and the buzz this year is that he, look, he looks great in the preseason. So let's see. I mean, again, with Jalen – now, now you got a group. I think we're maybe entering a group of people who you gotta have to say. See, I mean, honestly, where would you put? I don't know where. What's his name for the Houston, Texas is Texas. Yeah, Deshaun. Deshaun. He's a, he's a flip side of social justice. <laughs> well, I think we, we, need, we need to we need to separate that, you know, because he he was basically this a one man show. I mean, right. if there's been a you know a one man show, and and you got to give him a high rating because if you weren't on that team, you know. How many first right. draft choices would they have had? Right. So I think you have to put them on that list. Now, yeah, what goes from here forward, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Deshaun, he's on the list, but I'm look, I was looking at it in terms of, like, coming into this season. So we don't know, is he even going to play? Right. Yeah. You know, is, uh, we have no idea. He hasn't played a preseason game. Uh, the FBI is looking into the whole massage uh, allegation stuff. So I don't know what's yeah. going to happen with that. He's got, he's got problems. 
Right. Big problem. How about uh, Cam Newton, 32 years old, uh, 2015 MVP, but he's he's fighting, he's battling Mac Jones for the starting spot. He hasn't even been named the starter yet. I think he's battling for a lot more than that. I think I you know, know. he's took before like- before COVID. You know, I remember watching the the uh, the game against Seattle. And right. that's just one of the most incredible games I think I've ever seen. You know, thousands, I mean, if you're not a right. defensive fan, <laughs> you know, there's thousands of yards. And the guy who was on, and before he got his COVID infection, he was like 300-yard games, you know, several of them. And the guy, he, he had it going. So I think if that's the Cam Newton we see, and he seems to be, and this is the tie-in, the other, other uh, conversation, he seems to be mentally in another place. I think Belichick has been really good for him. He just seems to have another perspective he's still as flashy as, as he was but you know there's something different about him i think even if he doesn't end up being the starter there i think we have another cam newton now than we had maybe three three years three four I, years I ago mm. i agree with that i'm pulling for cam i agree yeah. with that. i think the rankings are good who's, who's next uh teddy bridgewater in denver he's also uh fighting for mm. for a uh starting spot 28 years old he was a pro bowler in 2015 he was traded to Denver from Carolina last year. He threw for 3,700 yards, 15 TDs, 11 interceptions. I, I don't feel that strongly about Bridgewater. I mean, I think I think he may have seen his day. I think his day may have come and gone. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point, I think even in Denver, they they want him to push um, yeah. Drew, uh, whatever the guy's name is. Drew they Locke. Want him to, Drew Locke, yeah. They want him to push him, but I think they would like to see Locke be the starter, but I think they would like Bridgewater to push him and then be a, 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 a great backup. Remember, before Bridgewater, I think it was in Minnesota, before he had that injury, right. you know, he was, it was going like this kind of the, the, the Carson Wentz kind of thing where, you know, this injury, something like something happens, something happens to your confidence. Right. Uh, remember, my physical therapist was telling me there's a lot of information that your legs give you about your, you know, about the, the world around you. And maybe something happens with injury. And and you lose that connection somehow because he hasn't been the same player. It's been good, but not you know right. like this good. Right. How would you like to be the who's the brother from uh, San Diego, the L.A. Chargers, who's about to start in the doctor? Uh, Tyrod Tyrod Taylor. Oh, yeah. Where, where is he? I don't know where he is. Remember we talked to his agent a while back. Oh, yeah. uh, but I'm not I'm not sure where Tyrod is. is he's he somewhere league? though. He is in. The, I think he's in the league somewhere. I'll, I'll look that up. And he's, he's still really young. about to have a tornado here, so let's, let's move down the list. This is for... Uh, oh, wait uh, a minute. <laughs> this, is for, this is for Gerard. Next on the list, Justin Fields. Woo, we, don't, woo, woo. we don't know whether he's going to start. Sounds like, from what you said earlier, Gerard, you kind of... Gerard's got him in the Hall of Fame. You kind of want Andy yeah. Dalton to, to start the season, it sounds like. You want him to mentor him. I do. I mean, uh, I, I, I think... First of all, with the Bears, like with a lot of other quarterbacks, that's the story about the offensive line. If the, the offense, they look good in the first game. If the offensive line works, that's a huge story for them. That's what I saw from uh, from Justin Fields. I, I watched they showed all of his passes, and you saw this kind of progression. Really looks good. He was intelligent. I like the way he got out of quickly got out of pressure right. and, and was intelligent in what he what his decision making. Uh, and everything that one expected him to be, he was able to bring, you know, to bring what it's going to be like in a real life situation. But, you know, that's the first hurdle. I think when other people, Grossman, Trebinsky, there's a lot of, well, what if, yeah, well, it, maybe he'll grow. And, and, and you weren't saying that about Justin Field. What he, he brought, what people expected from him. I think Dalton is a very solid quarterback. Um, is what we were talking about with Bill. It's not about him having a good season. They want him to have, or we want him to have a good career in Chicago. We want him to be, you know, the Aaron Rodgers in, in Chicago, who's there for a long time and completes a lot of passes and leads a lot of a lot of teams to the uh, division championship over the hated Packers. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the problem hey, what, with Phil, what do you think? Speaking of hated problem. Packers, I know we got, but what do we think about the Lions, Gerard? Who? The, oh, you mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I think golf, I think the Rams got the, the better, the really better deal. I think, um, Stanford going to, to Los Angeles is going to make a really, really big difference for them. I think Goff coming to uh, coming to Detroit at a time when I don't think his confidence is very high. And, you know, the, the Lions, I, I just don't see that being as good story. Okay. Who you yeah, got, Jamal? That. Who's your next? Uh... Jameis Winston in New Orleans. He's, he's battling like Taysom, Taysom like Hill that. for the starting yeah. job. 
Yeah, I like that. I'm, pull, I'm pulling for him, too. I think that's kind of what you were saying, but I think they like him. Uh, he's really good. I think it was a, a difficult situation in Tampa Bay. Um, I think that's a really good situation for him uh, in, in New Orleans, and that, that could be a good story. Yeah, well, I, th- I, I thought he would get the chance last year, and he didn't. You know, after Drew Brees went down, they gave this, they gave the job to Taysom Hill. So I'm kind of worried about uh, Jameis in that situation. I mean, it makes perfect sense that he would be the starter, but you know. yeah, but in the playoff game, like you said, they, 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 when they needed, they they that play they stole from the Bears uh, when they needed, <laughs> yeah, they needed an arm, uh, you know. And actually, just one one last thing about about, about Fields, uh, I think I saw in the audience in the audience in that one game what Nagy can do and he's talking about uh, having to reduce the playbook a little bit uh, for someone whose name we're not going to mention and I think that's another thing about how how can he how can this young guy grasp the possibilities and that was what's so brilliant about Mahomes all those things he could do not just throw the ball how creative the audience can be because you have this magician there and I think Fields is, is this kind of guy who can do an awful lot you know, right. if, if the line lets him, I think Cam Newton is someone who has a lot of capabilities if his his mind and ego don't get in the way. So the, the mental aspect of it uh, is is a great deal, particularly if you have talent and you can do a lot. How can the coach help you put that in the bottle so you can bring it onto the field? Right. We got next, and then finally, you got uh, Trey Lance. Will he get a shot out in? Uh... San Fran, will he, he take may the be the best job? of all the new guys. Yeah, Trey Lance may be the best out of all of them. You know, even your boy Justin Fields, because Fields, Fields, you are may not start. I mean, and, and, and you probably want to start, but I think uh, he's got Trey Lance may be the real deal. You know, but Trey Lance had the problem that you know when Garoppolo was healthy in there, they're like what two thousand and one. Yeah, but he's you know, never healthy. Like, <laughs> that's the whole problem. Right. Yeah, he's that's never healthy. Thing. He's kind of like Kyrie Irving. Hmm. Yeah, well, I thought I thought that, I think that's a good list, but I do like that kid Trey Lance. I think yeah, Trey no. Lance from San Francisco, I think, is because he's not going to have a lot of pressure on him. Right. And, and he's out in the West, so you know, out here we don't care because we're in the East Coast. So I, I think that he's got a real good shot, and I think that again, even if Garoppolo plays, they know they want Trey Lance. That that they want Trey Lance. It's just that for 49, they have a good team. I mean, they have a re- really good team. And with a top-flight quarterback, you know, they're just a couple of years removed from uh, from Super Bowl. So if it's Garoppolo oh. or, or, or Lance, you know, I think that's going to be a, bi- a big platform, and it could be for him. Yeah, and I think he just gives them uh, more – I think he gives them greater flexibility. Yeah. Right, but he might need a year or so. Possibly. So we'll, we'll see. You know, this conversation will be very interesting in the year. I think what Corona, what the COVID has done, you know, there's been a lot of movement of players this year, much more than we would usually have because people have different kind of a salary cap. And that makes this season particularly interesting. Some people have landed in places you would have never imagined. So, I mean, this conversation uh, at the end of the season is going to be very, you know, very interesting. So let's see, as we wrap up, each of us, who, who are going to be the two teams representing the AFC we're going to be the two teams representing the NFC to go to the Super Bowl. Mm. I mean, I still like I still like Kansas City uh, in the AFC, and I kind of I'm, I'm expecting I'm expecting New England to make a big comeback in the wow. AFC. That's okay, come back. Okay, bold prediction. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, go yeah, with, yeah. I'll go with Baltimore and Kansas City. Uh, okay. In the yeah. AFC and NFC, I like. Uh, you know, it would be great to see Russell Wilson finally get back to the Super Bowl, and um, pulling a rabbit out the hat, I'll say New Orleans. That mm. Jameis Winston actually gets it together, and actually, you know, pushes them over the top. Yeah, I, I say Rams, maybe Green Bay, uh, and uh, obviously Kansas City. And I think either Cleveland or, or uh, Buffalo. I think that's oh, no, no, the three. No, no, yeah. I, Which ones, right? Okay, I'll I'll say Cleveland because I just think they're a little more solid. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think I think that's that's good. I think, and, and, and actually, you may, Cleveland may have Baltimore's number. And plus, uh, what's the name is vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, right, in, right, the, right. in the NFC, I think Tampa Bay. I mean, they just stacked their team. Tom right. Brady brought everybody with them. So I think Tampa Bay makes it back. And uh, 
you know, I'll go Green Bay again. I think I think it'll probably it'll be a repeat of last year's uh, NFC championship. If, they, if, 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 if Tampa Bay beats them again, I think Aaron Rodgers will retire on the spot. And he probably should. <laughs> oh no, he'll just go up to the AFC. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, but I mean, it's just so funny what Tom Brady has done. How he just made people think of quitting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, everybody, listen, this has been a great conversation, particularly conversation about Simone Biles and Osaka. It's been really, really, really great. So, Gerard, you know, it's been great having you out east. Uh, look forward to a few more days. Uh, Jamal's always uh, always a pleasure, you know. Uh, yeah, nice to see you again, too. <laughs> nice to see you. And to all our thousands of fans out there, uh, continue to be safe. This variant is real. I mean, as far as I can tell, I'm going to act like it's real. I don't it, have look, it, it looks real to me. I don't know what I, I don't know. If all right. I just hope that the people, you know, who, who don't want to be vaccinated and all that still accept the responsibility for others. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's not just about yourself. It's about everybody, you know, kind of a society and how we're going to be able to move on, move forward and finding a solution uh, that's just not only made by lawyers, but it's made by the people, how we can move together as a society. A society. Well, yeah, good luck with that. Because the people who don't get vaccinated do not care about other people. I hope that's, I mean, I have some colleagues who don't want to get vaccinated. And I hope that's not true. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, I look forward to having this conversation a year from now so we can review all this and look forward to having it with us. Everybody, listen, take care of yourselves. Uh, be careful, be safe. God bless. See you later. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.